0: Welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League Podcast. I'm your host, commissioner, and 14 straight winner, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Um, if I win this week, it will be like I've gone an undefeated season. I'm going to call this the Tiger Slam if I win this week. this week. slam. No, nobody's ever won 15 straight, I don't think. And yeah, so I'm I'm really excited. I have a, a far inferior opponent this week, um. But speaking of far inferior opponents, my host co-host tonight, Phil Bruce Shane Stein, how are you guys doing?
1: I'm inferior. <laughs> still, still <going> inferior. <laughs> <laughs> At this point of the season, you are what your record is. So I am one and three. I am one third of the man that you are cause I'm uh,
2: I'm two and two and a bad manager decision away from being three and one <laughs> and
0: alright
1: and everyone thought I was gonna have <laughs> alright you right. all laughed at that running back core you all laughed including myself
2: yeah
0: I, I love how the two of you. I still remember, two of you were fighting over Devonte Booker at the draft table. Yeah, and then
1: Lindsay shoves it down my throat on Monday night. Yeah, that felt great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it when some dude from The Bachelor shoves it down your throat. So, um, all right, Shane, you have trivia tonight.
3: I do. I feel like I have a pretty good question for you guys, and since we have two people on the pod entering, you best you guessed it, we're gonna go stop the Schwab style. Um, so, Rod Taylor and Baker Mayfield became the 16th and 17th starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns since 2010. So they had 15 going into this year. Since we have a Steelers and a Rams fan here on the pod tonight, those two franchises. Have also going into this year had fifteen starting quarterbacks since twenty (laughs) ten, and you name the fifteen starting quarterbacks for those teams
1: in the 2010s The Steelers. All right, so let's just let's just clarify. We're we're naming the Rams and Steelers starting quarterbacks from two thousand ten to two thousand eighteen. So some people consider that a decade. Is is that does that sound right? This
3: decade?
0: It's not a decade. (laughs) It's eighty percent of a decade. and
2: then what well, we have four games so 8.25 alright
0: Phil I'll let you start I'll let you uh, get we'll started here
3: Ben, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger has started a game for the Steelers in that run wow okay
0: um, Jared Goff Jared Goff is correct let's go Landry
2: Jones Landry Jones did start for the Steelers that is correct Case Keenum
1: Keenum did start for the Rams how about some Dennis Dixon action Dennis Dixon did start in
0: 2010 for the Steelers <laughs> that, that long ago oh my god that's bad um, Ryan Fitzpatrick
3: that is incorrect Ryan Fitzpatrick did not start for the Rams that was in I, think, I believe 2007 or 2008 Okay. Let's go, Sam Bradford.
0: Uh, That's a good
3: one. Started for the Rams in twenty ten through twenty twelve. That is correct.
0: Sean Mannion.
3: Sean Mannion started for the Rams last season. That is correct.
1: Let's go with the electric in more ways than one. Michael Vick. Ooh. Michael Beck did
3: dealers in twenty fifth. Three games.
2: Okay.
0: Man, these are some really forgettable Rams teams here that you're throwing at us. <laughs> sure are. Um. Man, they built that whole thing around Bradford, and it just crumbled. got a good one. I got to think of how many I can't tell them what the split is for each team. Um, how many more Steelers how many more Rams?
3: Five Rams two Steelers left. Oh my god. Two Steelers. Who the
0: hell? Five Rams quarterbacks? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I like to consider you two very knowledgeable football fans but there is a Super
3: Bowl MVP left on this list. It's Nick Foles. Oh, yeah. I I had to to jump in with that. Yeah, that's right. Is on the list. He started in 2015 for the Rams.
0: I think I'm done.
3: Four and two. And one of these guys also was one of the 15 starters for the Cleveland Browns in that stretch. Just a small tidbit. Throw in there.
0: Uh. Not, no, not
3: Hoyer. Brian Hoyer was one of the Browns. But he was not one of the Rams.
0: Yeah. He did, he played for the Steelers for a little bit though, right? I
3: don't yeah. think he did.
0: Really? I'm I'm done. This is brutal. Uh,
1: let's go Byron left, Twitch. Byron left, which did start for the Steelers in 2012. <laughs>
0: Wow, correct. That's true. Tomlin only employs one kind of backup quarterback. I forgot about that. Yep. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Batch. Oh, yeah.
3: Steelers in both 2010 and 2012.
0: There you go. All right, so we wrapped up the Steelers. I can't think of who started for the Browns and the Rams.
1: Was there, like, a Kelly Holcomb in there? <laughs> Way... I was in the earlier 2000s. Oh. There I go again, showing my age. <laughs> oh. last four are, are pretty pretty
3: tough, but I'm pretty sure I started one of them in fantasy in the year that he started the Rams. <laughs> I'm not sure. Actually, I don't know if it was with the Rams at the time, but I know I definitely started him a couple times in fantasy.
0: David Garrard never played for the Rams, Shane.
3: As- York to Tyrod
1: Taylor. <laughs> I'm am st- stumped. Can we, can we get a
3: hint? This guy, I actually, I think I started him when he played for the Lions.
1: <laughs> Orlovsky.
0: <laughs> oh, um, oh, I know who this is. Sean Hill. Sean hill we've
3: mm-hmm. got three names left They're, they're all tough um,
0: Can we get some colleges?
3: The former Eagle
0: Former Eagle
3: One was a former Jet And then the other one was the one that also started for the Browns He kind of broke up. One was a former Eagle as well. One was a former Jet. And then the other one was the guy that started for, was one of the starters for the Browns as well. Matt
1: Barkley never started for them, did he?
2: hmm
3: No. All right, I'm going to jump in and put you guys out of your misery.
1: I appreciate that.
3: AJ Feely starter for the Rams in 2011. Well, oh, I wouldn't have got that. Helen Clemens started twice for the Rams in 2011 oh, and 2013.
1: Yeah. I remember that. The guy that did both for Browns and Rams was Austin Davis. Oh, <laughs> yeah, never would have got those guys. Yeah.
0: That's bad. Good question. Fun. Um, It's amazing with how good Big Ben's been that they, the Steelers have still had to play that many different quarterbacks due to injuries, but
1: he misses three or four games
0: a year. Yeah, usually against the Ravens, too. Like, he always misses that game at Baltimore for for whatever reason.
1: And then they always play him tough and then lose at the end. That's just how it goes. Yeah.
0: Alright, so we had two trades happen this week. Um, One involving me, one involving Phil. Both involving the Mad Dogs. We'll start off with my trade, because that was the first one that happened. Um, I send... A five dollar Nelson Aguilar over to the Mad Dogs for a twenty six dollar Chris Hogan. What'd you guys think about that deal?
1: I I, th- I thought it was interesting. It was two players whose situations you'd think would have to get worse, based on players coming back from injury around them with Alshon and and Edelman and the emergence of Josh Gordon. Um, I think it's just gonna be a dark throw to see. What the new roles look like once everybody comes back. Agler had a pretty good run um, week one. I, I don't know how he did the other two weeks or three weeks, but I don't know. I, I, I like it switching up the deck chairs a little bit and, and see what happens.
3: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was a little confused when I saw what you what you what you're seeing in Hogan. So I'm uh, interested to see how that turns out. I, I feel like he kind of might be the odd man out here. So. This is a really buy-low situation for
2: you. Yeah, are you seeing some something in Hogan, or was it uh, just a dart throw?
0: Well, I really liked Hogan preseason, and as you and I were saying before the podcast, I still think it's small sample size this year. Um, but my thought process behind it was, the last two years, Hogan's been really good when the Patriots were at full strength. Um, so my thought is, Edelman back, uh, we obviously have Gronk, the running backs are starting to look stronger. That maybe with Hogan not being such a target on the field, maybe some things open up for him. So, and I just didn't really feel like Aguilar has the ceiling to play on my team. I didn't think I'd be starting him much ever. So, um, it was just a buy low. If Hogan has two more bad weeks, I probably cut him. And then, you know, it was just one of those trades, challenge trade almost. So, yeah,
3: I mean, you're not getting. No one's getting hurt by either of these moves. I mean, I can see it from both sides. Um, I, I tend to mean I, Hogan might be the guy that you're cutting in a couple of weeks. but I kind of like the upside of, of Aguilar,
1: right? So Jeffrey hasn't really been able to stay healthy. If he goes down, Aguilar becomes a, a must-play every week, right? Um, whereas Hogan is probably three injuries away from from being an absolute must-play in the lineup.
0: Aguilar seems to me to be the Foles guy, not the Wentz guy. Um, Wentz seems to target the tight end more. They seem to run the ball a little more with Wentz there. Um, And then, obviously, Jeffrey when he's around. So, that was, I mean, Aguilar was super efficient and super effective with Foles. As soon as Wentz came back, uh, the targets went down significantly, and Ertz's targets went up, so...
1: I mean, odds are it's going to be one of our Sammy Watkins trades that doesn't really make a difference at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, probably not. Uh, the other trade that happened, Mad Dogs send Lamar Miller and $3. Uh, Lamar Miller... $5. Is $5? Yeah, sorry, the Burkhead yep. trade was 3 $5. Uh, I think Lamar Miller was like a $31 player for... Uh, Austin Eckler, who was a $12 waiver wire edition. So, uh, this one, since I wasn't involved, I'll comment on first. I like Eckler, and with the price difference, I think I'd rather have Eckler. But I'm not sure why Micah had to give up money in that deal, too. So, that's my only thing. I'm not, you know, like, I don't know why he felt like he needed to give you more than Miller for Eckler. So... I I like the deal. It makes sense for both sides. Um, You get a starting running back, and he gets uh, a good running back. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Shane, why you go ahead?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think I kind of like this one for Phil. Um, I think I would rather have Lamar Miller at this point. Not saying that the Texans' running back situation is. is what I want to be a part of right now, but I feel like it can't get much worse. Um, I think that it might actually heat up a little bit here as the season goes on. So I think I'd rather have Miller than, than kind of just throwing a dart with Eckler. Gordon's obviously the the guy out in, in San Diego. Uh, I don't know that there's just enough volume for Eckler to be, be a consistent play every week. So I, I think I kind of like it for Phil. Yeah, Lamar Miller isn't the, the, the sex,
1: sexy pick or sexy option right um, I wouldn't have moved Eckler without the draft cash So I, I think that's what had to put it over the edge I wasn't going to do just Eckler for, for Miller uh, that wasn't going to happen when he threw in cash I said okay th- th- this is something that I want to consider and Eckler had been sitting on my bench for three weeks I, I haven't played on Lamar Miller immediately goes into my lineup with what's looking like a, a start on Sunday night I I, I don't know I, I like both sides I think this is something that can work out for both sides Eckler probably has more upside whereas Lamar's floors a little bit higher unless he loses a job later in the season as Shane just mentioned so we'll, we'll see
0: hopefully it makes us both better but we'll see I, I'd agree with that assessment like I said I think Eckler Eckler's super talented but you just never know the volume Gordon gets as much touches as like a girlie does so um if that's not there for Eckler, then I don't see how he produces. But as long as that volume's there, I think Eckler, on a per touch basis, outperforms Miller. It's just, are the touches going to be there?
1: It's like a Chris Thompson type role, right? I mean, and maybe that's just a resurgence of third down and pass catching backs in the, the new NFL. I, I don't know, like, where the James Whites and, and the, um, what's this face, the Tariq Cohen's from Chicago actually have real strong fantasy value and finish in in top 10s at running backs at the end of the year. I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that just speaks to more of how the league's trending.
0: Well, I just think it's innovative coaching and being able to use effective players in space and then you have morons like the guy that's Lamar Miller's head coach that just bashes him between the tackles every play and they do nothing to get him in space even though he's like an all-world athlete with super quick speed and all that stuff like you sit there and you watch the Texans and the Cowboys call offensive games and you just wonder how these guys have jobs and they're supposed to be quarterback gurus and offensive wizards. And then like you watch guys like Nagy from the Bears and Andy Reid and McVay call games and like Garrett and O'Brien cave and hold their jockstraps. It's so bad. But
1: um, you know. O'Brien got Christian Hackenberg drafted in the second round. That makes him a guru. Okay. (laughs) that guy's the worst quarterback prospect in like the last three or four years to get drafted
0: yeah and the Jets drafted him so I'm not sure that that's anything that O'Brien did if you know but that's fine if O'Brien if they lose that game last week if Reich doesn't go for it on fourth down O'Brien doesn't have a job this week so Um, but that's fine uh, waiver Wire. Lots of activity. Um, Micah made two trades, and he made three acquisitions, I think, on The Wire. Um, so a lot of activity. D.D. Westbrook goes for $19. Ryan Grant goes for 15 Taylor Gabriel for $14. Um, a slew of other transactions not going to run through them all. Is there anything you guys thought was actually worth what? Worthwhile, or are these just a lot of forgettable guys that got kind of picked up?
3: Yeah, I mean, I wanted in on the D.D. Westbrook and Ryan Grant, but I wasn't willing to go as high as they they went for, obviously. I, I thought, I wasn't sure that my bids would win, but I thought I would have to bid something to get them. I bid real low for them. Um, I, was, I was a little surprised to see the price tags on both of those guys um and I I can see these guys being picked up for 19 and 15 and then dropped within a week or two yeah I mean go ahead I was gonna say I I could see obviously a a spot for for Ryan Grant this week I mean with with Hilton being hurt um Maybe he's really valuable for a week or two, but once something comes back, I don't know that that Grant's value is there anymore. Um, Westbrook again this week against the Chiefs' secondary is—you gotta like that play. Um, they can't really stop anything through the air, so I mean, I like them for this week. And obviously, these guys wanted to go and play for a big week this week, and they put their money out there. Well,
1: I—I I mean, I've said it before you've got to figure out a way just to win this week and, and I know you want to play this long term but I love getting Ryan Grant knowing he, he's going to be a, you know, the first passing option in Indy this week potentially further down the road I think for $15 on the waiver wire that's definitely a gamble you make I mean I did that for Fitzpatrick two weeks ago and that ended up winning me the game um, if I can pay $12 $15 for a win that week it's absolutely worth it uh westbrook he's he's looked good definitely worthy of a pickup but other than that i don't think there's too many difference makers out here but um happy to see ronald jones has made a reappearance out there which is great back on a roster even though peyton barber is still the superior back nothing's changed there
0: uh, I picked up Jones in one or two leagues this week, too. I thought that was a good move to get him. It's a buy-low on a, on a rookie running back. But, yeah, Barber's still the guy for now. But things are obviously changing in Tampa. So, long-term, I like that play. But I agree. Westbrook's a great play this week, too. Um, the Jags going up against one of the worst defenses ever in the league this year. Um Grant was a good pickup for this week as well so there were some good stuff for this week but I just don't know if there's anything super exciting that's like league changing long term
1: I was pretty excited to see Antonio go for a dollar
0: yeah yeah you guys love that
1: bye <laughs> weeks man
0: bye weeks the, uh, the waiver wire money being spent on defenses is, is pretty interesting so far this year too you really got a bid to get that top defense that's playing the Bills that week.
3: Yeah, we've uh, we've been like this week this year.
0: All right, um, standings. Two two teams at four and zero, dogs and the clan. Uh, slew of teams at two and two. Curtain Patriots go homers. Park Ice Cream Mad Dogs. Two teams at 1-3, Wolves and Weevils, Franchise and Hammer. Uh, tough break for Ty last week against the Hammer. He loses on that Chiefs sack. Again, I think Butler's the only team in America that owns a Chiefs defense still in fantasy football. So that's a tough break in that one. Um, but yeah, not a whole lot surprising. It's interesting that there's you know, no 3-1 and teams. But this is the last week of divisional play until we get into the crossovers anything stand out in the standings for you two
3: looks like a whole lot of mediocrity huh after the dogs and clan yeah you'd think that with that
1: 4-0 number that gets thrown out but if you do a little bit of digging here you can see points allowed number one is the clan only having 3.49 scored against them. Number two are the Desert Dogs with 4.03. The next closest is like a whole 25 points higher. Do points so, do
0: points allowed matter when you score 5.92 and 5.70? Like, obviously the teams that aren't the high scorers are going to allow more points because they're not the high scorers.
1: I'm not, I'm not sure I follow.
0: Like, the bo- Bull Eagles... The Bull Weevils have allowed more points because they're not the Desert Dogs, and they've played the Desert Dogs. I haven't allowed as many points because I'm not the Bull Weevils, and I've played the Bull Weevils.
1: I, I don't think those two things are related at all. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe maybe I'm missing something, but aren't, like what, what difference does it make if you're playing... The Bull Weevils versus That was just an example. That, that, was, put 470. that was just
0: an example. Um, I just looked at the bottom team in my division, that's all. I'm just saying if I've scored five ninety two, I can't score five ninety two against myself.
1: My point is if you have the Bull Weevils schedule and you have five forty eight scored against you, it's entirely likely that you're
3: one and three. Well,
1: okay, I mean, I'm not, it's not likely. It's it's a
0: possibility that you're one of three. My point is well of that of that, that five forty three. Your teams are good. Of that five forty three, he gave up. I scored one hundred and forty three of those points. I can't play myself that week.
1: I got it <laughs> clear, right? I, I I do think you're splitting hairs and manipulating the numbers a little bit. I'm just going by what what's been scored. My point is, your teams are good. I don't think there's as big of a gap between the dogs or the clan as everybody else is what four and O versus two and O would suggest. But that being said, you, you guys have the best teams. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you're—I I, kind of like the clan's roster a, a little bit better. You're really top-heavy, cause with with two players, and then it's like everything else, right? If you can get a wide receiver one on your team. Or even like a top-tier wide receiver, too. You're going to be tough, but where it sits now, you're still. I mean, you're you're still top of the pack, right? Yeah, you drafted much. Todd Gurley a yeah. few years. This this kind of goes back to my argument before you drafted Todd Gurley a few years ago when he was going to miss the first eight games. How long should you be rewarded? You've been rewarded for quite a long time with Gurley. Now you're going to have Kamara for a dollar for the next how many years? Gurley and Kamara, and pretty much anybody else puts you at 500 so it's like those two are the best players in the league right now good good on you nobody else has those guys um and it's going to be tough to compete with
0: Fun. I have the worst 590 point team through four weeks ever. That's fine. Um, I should have spent thirty dollars on Josh Gordon, then I'd have a really good wide receiver. So that's uh, that's what I should. Oh, or I could have spent all my money on Doug Baldwin, and then I'd have a really great wide receiver court.
1: You can't argue with facts. You don't have a wide receiver one on your team. You just don't none of those guys are I'm not, it's, just, it's not an argument Okay. the stats are the
0: stats that's fine you sound like a guy that lost two games by less than five points and you're trying to mask your one and three abysmal season with that so that's
1: fair um, by the way that one win was by like .6 points against Eddie and it was a snaked out win at the last second like I shouldn't have even won that game no my record's exactly what it should be
0: Well, that's the first intelligent thing you said tonight. So, with that being said, let's move into the Week 5 matchups. Um, We'll start off with Butler versus Spears. Um, Last year, these were the two teams at the top of their division. We'll start off with Butler's team. How do you guys feel about TJ Yeldon this week being a top play against that Chiefs defense that we've talked about a little bit tonight?
3: Yeah, got to be a big fan of Yeldon this week. Defense has shown that they're not very good. Um, Yeldon getting another start this week. <sighs> Gotta like the fact that he's probably going to touch the ball somewhere close to 20 times against a uh, poor defense. Uh, I, I like Yeldon being
1: an RB one. I, I also think he's an RB one this week. That um, until that Chiefs defense can prove they can stop anybody other than James Conner, I'm going to ride whatever hand I can get. That face that
0: team. Which team do you guys like in that game this week? Which one? Jags Chiefs. Which team do you guys? Which team do you guys like in that game? It's probably the best, other than Jags Patriots. It's one of the better AFC games so far this year. Yeah, I think I'll. Uh,
3: I think I'll take the Jags.
1: Uh, Andy Reid, early October. Give me the Chiefs.
0: Interesting. I'm on Shane's side, though. I like the Jags in that game.
1: If this was in December, totally agree.
0: All right. Right now, Butler has Larry Fitzgerald sitting on this team. Um, You guys agree with that? Uh, I'm actually sitting Fitzgerald in one of my leagues, too. He's been super frustrating so far.
3: taking a look at Butler's team I mean you would have thought that this might be a game where you could get Fitzgerald in there against the Niners but I don't know just the way the, the Cardinals are playing offense it's tough to, tough to slot them in anywhere um, I mean I guess I could make an argument to, to take out Jordy Nelson or Alshon Jeffrey I don't know maybe what
0: about but, Sanu Mohamed Sanu I think that's the call, Sanu or Fitzgerald. But I'm
1: expecting... What about, what about Cobb, if Cobb plays? Allison's probably going to miss it. He's in the concussion protocol. I think you got to play Cobb over either of those guys if Cobb's active.
0: I can't get excited about Randall Cobb.
1: I mean, I don't know if you're really excited to put any of those guys in the lineup.
0: No, but I think Fitzy... Fitzy should get 10 targets.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's going to get
0: 10 targets. How far down the field are they going (laughs) to (laughs) be? Well, yeah, I I mean, Rosen obviously is not Sam Bradford, so. um, Rosen seems to at least want to push the ball down the field a little bit. All right, let's go to Spears' team. Too much time talking about a bench player. Um, Cam or Mahomes? Who would you guys start if you were Troy Spears this week?
1: Cam. Showtime Mahomes. They're going to get the ball quick out of his hand.
0: I think you got to play Cam. Um, Started to see Mahomes on Monday night with a little bit of a tougher environment at Denver. Um, Don't get me wrong, he did a lot to win that game for them, but he was not as crisp as he'd been in the first three games. So um, I think this is a really tough matchup for him. He's This is still only his sixth start. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Cam. Let's talk about Spears' tight end and his two flexes. They are Ricky Seals-Jones. Dante Moncrief and Josh Toxin, those three players, over-under 20 points combined this week.
1: <laughs> under. <laughs> I'm, I'm going under only because I think Seals Jones puts up a goose egg.
0: Oh, the, the dreaded goose egg game. Um, I'll go over just because... I think Troy's got a little bit of fantasy football luck in him. This, dude, uh, this dude's this dude got just a knack for winning. So I'm, I'm going to take the over, but I don't feel great about it. Um, Butler getting a good start to this matchup. Right now the ESPN projections have him as an 8.1 favorite in this matchup. Uh, TB12 with 18.6 heading into the half here. Uh, About a minute 45 left in the second quarter. Who do you guys have winning this one?
3: Hammer. Not close. It's hammer
1: time, baby.
0: Um, I'm also going to take Butler this week only because of those three guys that we mentioned before. All right, next game, Micah and the Mad Dogs, the new-look Mad Dogs against Abusement Park, everyone's preseason champion. Um, we'll start off with Micah's team. Phil Rivers and Keenan Allen, they have to be a top stack for you guys against Oakland this week, right?
1: Give me all that. Fan
0: Can y'all f- think f- that and everything. All right, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are riveting tonight. Um, Echler, <laughs> who would you play, pick two out of these three, Eckler, Powell, and Hines? Now, Hines is playing right now, obviously, but would you have started him? Yeah, he was a clear favorite to get carries tonight,
1: right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I would throw him in. Just, there,
0: there's your James like White touchdown. I touches. James White, TD.
1: Oh, my God. Let's go. RB number seven.
3: I don't know that I would have started Heinz tonight. Um, I I think I may have given Eckler a chance. Um, Or probably D.D. Westbrook, considering he paid $19 for him. (laughs) I'm not saying he's not going to put him in, but I mean I think I probably would have slid Collins into one of my running back spots, and uh, and put Westbrook in there.
0: Yeah, I would have gone Eckler over Hines as well, um, or Eckler over Powell. I think Eckler is the best one out of the three of them. This feels like a game that the Chargers probably don't have to lean on Melvin Gordon, so I'd imagine Eckler gets a fair share of work in this one. safe zone game where both teams are are, are 2-2 and here so you
1: can go 2-3 and and still be fine yeah definitely you know it's one of those nice it's nice to have games but if it's not the panic button if you lose it
2: no
0: but I feel like Mike is close to hitting that panic button he spent a lot of money on some guys that have really disappointed um Miller, Collins Hogan and Demaryius Thomas not looking like the fearsome foursome everyone thought it was coming out of the draft room yep
1: but as soon as that draft's over, it doesn't matter what you paid for players um, unless you're managing the cap for this season or until you go to free keepers next year, right? It, it's, it's all about the value you're getting out of those guys now as long as you can stay under the $300 cap.
0: Yeah, which, Shane, you are creeping up on. Yeah? Yeah, you're at like $270.
3: <laughs> Wherever we want to be.
0: <laughs> uh, let's move over to... Scherz team uh, right now he's got Michael Crabtree out of that lineup uh, Crabtree I think has a decent matchup this week at Cleveland um, Joe Flacco's has played a little better this year although I think John Brown seems to be the better guy in that um, wider receiver core right now and uh, do you guys agree with sitting Crabtree in favor of Anuma or Amari Cooper or Shepard I guess you could have him in there too
1: I, yeah, I, I agree with it. I, I like all those guys a little bit better than Crabtree this week.
3: Yeah, I think the I think the Browns-Ravens game might be a little bit more of a slugfest this week. Uh, and that's kind of hard to say in today's NFL, but especially after the Browns gave up a 45 spot last week. But uh, I think that might come back to an AFC North kind of low-scoring game. I think the Browns play a little better defense at home. And... Uh, I think I kind of like the way he has his
0: lineup set right now. I think I'd find a way to get Crabtree in there. Um, My reason being, I I just don't feel great about Enuma. I mean, he gets a ton of targets, but that Jets team has looked pretty bad since week one, I thought. The
1: the, the challenge with Crabtree is John Brown is like, He's that first wide-receiving option that doesn't threaten any defenses, so they don't want to key in on on stopping him. Like, he's got that Antonio Brown quality when he came into the league that he's not super fast, he's not a great route runner, but he's just the first option in the office, so teams don't really cater their defense to try. Like, no defensive coordinator out there is like, we have to stop John Brown this game. So, in my eyes, that's always going to make Crabtree the the, the number two option in this new-look Ravens offense.
0: Is that the first time John Brown's ever been compared to Antonio Brown?
1: Not in terms of speed, not in terms of (laughs) quickness, not in terms of route running ability.
3: But there are similarities of when he came into the league.
0: Shane, how do you feel about that? No one loves John Brown more than
2: you.
3: Yeah, I I fully deserve that 20-point effort that John Brown put up against me last week. Uh Uh, Joe Hayden made an incredible play in the end zone. That would
1: have been like a 32-point week. Yeah, of course he. saves the best
3: game of his career for when he's
0: playing against me. Uh, doesn't
3: put up his typical three catches for forty-two yards. Shane, he's, he's been
0: he's been solid this year. Shane, Has are you are you sitting down for this one? I am. um, Drew Brees. You know where he's playing. You know where he's playing this week. He's at home. You know. On you know night. when he's playing. Monday night. Yep. And do you know he? will probably set the NFL all-time passing yards record this week. I do. How are your shorts right now?
3: (laughs) I'm just saying it's going to be a big game for Drew. in the Superdome, Monday night.
0: Yeah, this, this just feels like the two ESPN Monday night guys just blowing breeze for three and a half hours, really.
3: Yeah, it's it's
1: just going to be a coronation. Um, hey, as long as Witten has a pul- has a pulse, I'll, I'll be happy. He's been re- he's been absurd this year.
0: Um, can we just talk about how obvious that it is that that's a rug on Witten's head? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just un- unspoken. <laughs> I mean, um, we talked about this before the first
3: Monday night weekend. Can- I was skeptical, and I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like it's been just about the worst broadcast imaginable.
0: I don't don't mind it. It's not super entertaining in terms of, like, what Gurdon gave you, those, like, one-liners and the the stuff you can laugh about the next day, but Witten's almost like Romo in the sense where at least he's talking about football. Like, I don't know. It's it's not uh, when I when I watched that Bears Seahawks game the other night, I swore I was like streaming something off of some <laughs> weird internet website and they weren't the real commenter. Like that it was hard to watch with those guys. It it's been a slow start, but I think it's shown improvement every week. I, I think the thing that I find frustrating about the Monday Night Broadcast is the boogmobile. Like This dude's just riding this, like, cart that's suspended above the bench, and it just, like, automatically moves up and down the sidelines behind the bench, like, have the fans behind him even see. And he talks all game, but he's a sideline reporter. Like, why isn't he just in the booth with those guys?
1: And he's having the time of his life.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: he is. Yeah,
0: well, that's (laughs) a throwback to the awful Monday night game from two years ago.
1: Yep.
0: All right. So who wins this one, Micah versus Sure?
3: Give me Micah. I like it. <sighs> Conventional wisdom tells me to take Micah, but there's something about Drew Brees playing at home tonight. Uh, he's got a 35 spot in him, so I'm gonna go with the park. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with the park, and I
1: think it's a route. Oh, no. Give me that Rivers-Allen stack for 65 this week.
0: Yeah, well, all right. Breeze is going to put up 30. You got Julio Jones against the Civs that are the Steelers. But Julio doesn't catch touchdowns, right? He just stops at, like, the the, the five-yard line. I mean, 11 for 202 is fine. There's not, you know, <laughs> that, you don't necessarily have to score for that to, to not be productive. So, um, Yeah. All right, Papa, Kaz, and the Patriots against Ed and the Steel Curtain. The two draft buddies going up against each other here. We'll start with Papa Kaz's team. Cooper Cup exploded last Thursday night. Um, No Earl Thomas this week for Seattle. You got to think that Cooper's in line for a big game, not calling another 40-point effort, but you got to like Cooper Cup this week, right?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take I'll take anything I can get against Seattle right now. Especially Thomas out now.
0: That team. Uh, that team just falling apart. At the seams. Um, how would you rank the hierarchy of the Rams' wide receivers? who have seen Cooks, Cup, and Woods all be really good this year. Uh, what do you guys think about those those uh, those three receivers?
1: I, I think it goes Cooks, Cup. Woods. Just based on, on what we've seen and Jerry Goff this season and going through some of his progressions, I think those guys, um, all, all three are probably pretty close. But if I had an order that I wanted to take them, that, that that's what it would be.
3: Yeah, I think I'll go Cup, Cooks, and then Woods, but it's close.
0: You just hate Brandon Cooks.
3: I, I just like the fact <laughs> that open all the time.
0: Cup, uh, Cup does seem to be Goff's favorite target. And uh, here's a question for you guys. It came up in one league that I'm in with Fegley. Um, is Goff the top dynasty quarterback in the NFL? Like, in terms of young quarterbacks that you want to have for the next 10 years?
1: I I think he has to be. Anybody tied to that offense is gold right now. Until they figure it out, I don't, I don't know why coaches aren't just looking, because they, they did some similar stuff last year in a lot of their games. I don't know why coaches aren't looking at that Atlanta game at home where they didn't even show up in the playoffs and just trying to do exactly what the Falcons did to them. But I, until it's proven differently, that whole screen pass to Todd Gurley for 80 yards every play, seems like it, it's working out pretty well. And that, that guy is a genius, right? McFay is a genius, so... I think you want every piece of that offense and it just so happens Goff's there.
3: Yeah, I think I'll still take I think I'll still take Wentz and Watson. But off's gotta be gotta be right there.
0: I I'd have it Watson, Goff, Wentz, I think. Uh, Watson's ability to do stuff on the ground um, is unparalleled, so
1: wait. This is post how many ACL injuries do you take him in Dynasty for the next 10 years? He's won, he's won the injury away from never playing again. Goff's not.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can anticipate injuries, but Watson's shown he's just as special, I think. In terms of fantasy.
1: Yeah, like if if you were in a Dynasty league starting today... Who would you want, Koffer or Watson? You guys are saying you'd rather have Watson.
0: Um, Yeah, I think so. It's close, but I think it's Watson. I don't know. Um, For Papakaz's team, I know Jordan Howard's on a bye week. Are you guys worried about Jordan Howard at all? He has not looked real good so far.
1: I'm worried about him. How did your team put up? What, what did they have? Forty-five points last week. Yeah. And, and Howard had a terrible game. That that would have me worried. I think they, I think I just saw a stat that like his targets out of the backfield or receptions out of the backfield went from like five or six in week one down to four, down to two, down to one. Like they are completely changing the script on trying to get him involved in the passing game. Um, at the beginning, of the year, they are making like a huge effort to do it. Now they're not doing it at all. I, I'd be concerned. Absolutely. I would like to trade you for Jordan Howard.
3: God. Yeah, I'm a little concerned as well. Um, just you got to figure that in a game like last week, he's got to be putting up 15 to 20 points in a, in a, in a route like that. And uh, just not getting the touches that that you would expect out of an RB one. Um, not a focal point in the passing game at all to this point, really, which is, which is was kind of expected going into the year. And uh, yeah, I'm a little worried about Howard.
0: I'm I'm kind of holding a pat on him. I think teams are making Trubisky beat them right now just because I don't think a lot of people still respect Trubisky. Um, I think a game like last week, although it was bad for Howard in terms of what he did in week four, I think a game like that helps Howard long term because now Trubisky's shown you have to at least respect that. Um, And it's been kind of strange game scripts so far for Chicago. They haven't really other than last week where, you know, you would have thought that they'd get up big and just pound Howard in the second half. They didn't really do that. Um, I don't know. It's either been, I feel like, they've been chasing points or it's been a close game and they haven't really been able to focus on Howard. So this, this last game was clearly a... We want to get Mitch as, as much action as possible against a really bad Tampa Bay defense. So... I'm going to hold Pat, but it's leaning more towards concern than it is um, excited like I was in the beginning of the year for Howard. All right, so I was going to talk about how Eddie had both Bengals running backs in his lineup. That sense has changed. He swapped out Gio Bernard for Kenyon Drake. Um, so I guess we'll just focus on Joe Mixon. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys expect from Mixon in his first game back against a Miami team that was gashed on the ground last week by the Patriots?
1: Uh, I think Mixon's a top five play this week, maybe top three, maybe even number one overall, just based on Miami's run defense, also the fact that I think Gio Bernard is going to get rolled out here uh, sometime before game time, and it's going to be the Joe Mixon show. I love that guy this week. He's going to be in all of my DraftKings and, and FanDuel lineups.
3: Yeah, i got to love Mixon this week. I think Miami's definitely going to come back down to earth after that 3-0 start. Um, we saw it last week. Um, now they start going on the road a little bit and some tough environments. Definitely, uh, definitely think Mixon is a candidate for a 20-plus point week this week.
0: Phil, I agree. If, if Bernard's ruled out, I, I think you got to have Mixon everywhere because the team has shown in the last two weeks without Mixon when there's just one running back in there, uh, that's a that's a good good offense to have that one running back in. If Bernard's not ruled out, I'm definitely not as excited about Mixon. I think they yeah. split the workload pretty evenly between them with the, you know no real reason that they have a two game lead in the division. Um, no real reason. Well, a two-game lead over the Browns and the Steelers. I think the Ravens are right there with them, but um, I don't think there's any reason to push Mix in this week if they don't have to against a team like Miami. So that's going to all depend on the Bernard situation for me.
1: Isn't Miami three and one? Yes. Yes. Big-time playoff contender. I, yeah. I think they they need to pedal to the medal here. Miami's supposed to be a good team this season, even though they just got the doors blown off them.
0: Was Miami supposed to be a good team before they won their first three games against really bad opponents?
1: Really bad is relative in the NFL, but if you start 3 and 0, you're a half decent team unit. You know a little bit about what you're doing.
0: I don't think Miami wins more than six games this year.
1: I'll take it. Action. <laughs> I'll take six and a half.
0: I don't know I, I'm not excited about anything that team's doing I know they had a couple still, good games but
1: still got the Bills on a schedule baby
0: they do the Bills beat the Vikings that, not, that's obviously ridiculous but uh, which quarterback should Ed play Ryan or Roethlisberger
1: Matthew Barry loves Roethlisberger this week so Matt Ryan
3: I'm
0: gonna go with Big Ben. I'm also gonna go with Matt Ryan. Big Ben's at home. Everything looks like a Big Ben game. Um, but I'm gonna take Matt Ryan. I think that, uh, like I said, that Steelers defense has been so bad. The Falcons offense hasn't defense hasn't been much better. But some Ben does not look right. Uh, so. I'm going to uh, go with him. Yeah,
1: what, what's going on with that? I mean, he's he looks like he's just checked out. He's like not on the same page with Antonio, and then they walk right past each other. They don't even try and work it on the sidelines. He just comes back in the game and almost throws another pick. I, I don't get it.
0: Let this past game against the Ravens felt like one of – Ben's early season diva games, where he comes, he's like, oh, "I don't know if I have it anymore." You know, it doesn't. Like, he just looked completely disinterested last week. Um, hasn't really been the script that Ben probably would write for one of his last seasons in terms of not having his running back, um, having drama from his wide receiver one. Uh, so, it feels like an odd year for the Steelers.
1: Oh, there's so much drama
3: surrounding the team. Oh, no, so- not, not. Not that it should affect it, but there's so much. I was hoping we would get to the point of the show where we touch on the Steelers, because what I want to know Phil's take on—I guess both of you guys take—what are the odds here that this turns into an absolute dumpster fire in Pittsburgh this year? I mean, I feel like there's there's a really good possibility that that happens. Like I'm talking like a five and eleven season. Yeah, it, it definitely
1: could. Bell's going to come back and give about 50% effort, which is going to be great for my fantasy team. They'll probably fake an injury of some kind. Um, They'll turn on each other, and Ben will talk about retiring again unless he gets something that he wants. No, I mean, in all seriousness, their defense is so bad that unless Big Ben is going to throw four touchdowns a game, they don't have a chance. And he hasn't been doing that, so they've been getting they got beat by the Ravens handily even though they were Able to tie it before halftime. They did nothing in the second half. Ben doesn't look that great. This offense has to score north of thirty every game to compete because their defense is so bad. Their defense was terrible with Shazier. After losing Shazier, it, it somehow got worse. There's 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 no way they're gonna. They, they can't pressure the quarterback. They can't they can't defend anybody on the outside with corners. And their offense cannot keep pace with how be, how bad their defense is playing. So I. I agree with the, that 5-11 and 11 assessment. I, I, I think that's definitely in their own possibility. I could also see them barely sneaking into the playoffs, but they're, they're obviously with the record that they have, they're not going to get a bye. They're not going to be able to win the division, but they, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see over the next few weeks.
0: Roethlisberger doesn't strike me as the type to be tolerant of the type of drama that Brown and Bell bring to the locker room. So, um, yeah.
3: Uh, it just seems to kind of be bearing on him it's almost like he's like there, there's so much immaturity around him that he's just like I'm done with this Yeah. And well away.
1: the good news is Bell is as good as gone right I, I I guess the guy that has a positive drug test and shows up late to walk through his before playoff games doesn't get more than 80% of what the highest running back at the time makes so I can't wait till that guy is out of town and on to somebody else and somebody else's problem. Somebody else can guarantee 45 million dollars to a 28 29 year old running back. Someone like the Jets or the Colts go for it and he can be happy not making the playoffs ever again in his life.
0: <laughs> Who wins this game Papakaz versus
1: Ed? <laughs> Give me give me Ed for Karma over the win that I pulled out on him a few weeks ago, which I would like to formally apologize for. I had no business winning that game.
0: You don't really mean that.
1: I mean it hundred percent. I had no. That you don't mean the apology. James Connor ran for twelve yards. I had no business winning it.
0: You don't mean the apology though.
1: I a hundred percent mean it. I didn't deserve one.
3: win. Yeah, give me Ed behind Thomas Mixon and whoever his quarterback is.
0: Yeah, I would have, uh, I think before this game tonight, I think I would have picked Papakaz. Um, but I'm not liking what Ryan Grant's done so far. That's a big, big love number for wide receiver too. So I'm going to take Ed as well, but I think it's closer than we think. All right, Weevils versus the Wolves. Wolves getting a nice effort. Uh, from James White so far 17.9 points he's got the old uh, matchup fantasy cast uh, stat line of zero yards receiving TD and it says 17.9 because he's got uh, 9 for 74 through the air so far in the first half (laughs) Uh, right now the Wolves projected to win by 17 points start off with Bulls team uh, Marshawn Lynch, RB10. You know, those numbers matter right now as of week five. So uh, he's having a little bit of a resurgence. Do you guys think Marsheese can keep it up uh, in Oakland?
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? It's all good are going to turn to somebody else and a new pass catching back. I, I loved Lynch before the season. I knew he was going to gobble up the touches there. So I, I think... In terms of staying power, Lynch is somebody that, that can stay in the top ten, whereas you look at my running backs with, like, James White and, and James Conner, may, maybe not, but I, I think Lynch is the real deal.
3: Um, I'll give him three more weeks, and then he's done. And then what? Checked out for the year.
0: Yeah, once this Raiders team gets to, like, 1-6, and 2-5, and five, I'm not sure Lynch is the guy for that scenario. Is that right? Okay. That's kinda of what you're saying, Shane.
3: Correct. Once they realize alright like work out of it, playoffs are no longer an option. Like, this guy's just gonna, guy's just gonna be, not get hurt. Not really wanna be there. Be stupid.
0: I think White and Connor have much more top ten staying power than Lynch rest this season. Not not excited about Lynch at all. I'm not excited about anything the Raiders do week to week. So, um, right now, so, you know, had a lot of people talking to me about where running backs and wide receivers rank right now through week four, um, and how that probably will keep up the rest of the season. Well, right now, OBJ is the fourth best wide receiver on the Weevils behind Adam Thielen, and Will Fuller, the fifth, and Kenny Galladay. Um. How do you guys think that finishes with those four receivers in terms of end-of-season rankings? Where where will those four
3: guys rank in order? Dylan stays on top. Beckham will be his number two. Galladay's three and four.
1: I agree with your bottom two, Shane. I, I think it's going to be... Maybe I agree with the whole thing because Beckham obviously is going to come back to number one. Phelan is the only – he's one of four players in the first four weeks to have at least ten targets. So I, I, I love Thielen. I, I, I think he's going to stay. I was completely wrong on him before the season, which I'm, I'm happy to admit. But you have to think Beckham's going to come back and take him over.
0: I'm going to keep Phelan at one on that team because – he's number one wide receiver overall right now. Uh, He's been great and I'm not sure Minnesota gets to a point where they don't have to throw 35 plus times a game. So I think Thielen keeps it up. I'm going to take Will Fuller and keep him at number two on this team. As long as he stays healthy uh, Will Fuller's a top 15 wide receiver. Um,
3: Yeah the health for me was the reason I I knocked him down. Yeah
0: if, if Fuller's healthy rest of the season I think he's easily a top 15 player. Um, Watson and him have been incredible when they've been on the field together. It helps lining up opposite of Hopkins. So um, I will take Beckham third and Galladay fourth. And I thought OBJ was due for a huge season. He was a guy that I was really excited about, a guy that I wanted. Um, But Will Fuller's proven in watching him play that when he's out there, this dude's legit. All right. um, Phil's team. Are we sure James Conner's good? He had the big week one. Um, He hasn't been outstanding since. He still gets a lot of volume, but um, if you're the Steelers, you know, as Phil said, you're most likely not bringing Le'Veon Bell back. Uh, That card's kind of left the barn at this point. But are you excited about Conner as your RB1 in Pittsburgh moving forward if you're the Steelers?
1: I'm excited about it because, number one, he's got a low salary. He's still on a rookie deal. Number two, I'm excited about the offensive line, not necessarily James Conner. We saw 32-year-old D'Angelo Williams come in when they were focused on the run and not necessarily Ben's ego and and put up phenomenal numbers. So I'm excited about whatever running back is in there on a lower salary like they they have with James Conner, which is why I think he's going to be a top-tier keeper next year when it comes time and, and they unload Le'Veon Bell to whatever shit team wants to take them.
3: Yeah, I'm still in on Connor as well, but I, I feel like for his sake, I mean, they got, he's got to hope that the Steelers can start winning some ball games because I don't know that if they get to the point where, where we were talking about where this season is, is a lost season where they're going to, We've seen in the past where the Steelers, they get their one running back, and that guy's the guy that's going to touch the ball 20 to 25 times. But I'm not so sure that if the season starts going downhill that they're going to let him do that. And I think that his value might decrease depending upon whether the Steelers are, are still in it or not. So they got to start winning some ball games and stay in the hunt for, for, you know, for me to like Connor's value the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Shane. I, I just You saw what he did in Week 1 against the Browns he looked every bit as good as Le'Veon Bell. I think that was a lot of adrenaline for him and the offensive line to prove that they don't need Bell um, after he stuck it to him in week one. And now I think we're seeing Connor kind of uh, fall back to earth a little bit. But um, it's interesting Phil mentioned about appeasing Ben's ego. Uh, They do seem to just, they seem to throw the ball way more than they actually need to with that offensive line. I don't know if that's, they've, they've
1: yeah. been They've been lining up in shotgun, like inside the five-yard line, a lot more the last two years than, than I can ever remember. And I, I think they just want to keep him happy, and, and they want to get Ben the stats that he wants, and they want to let him dictate the offense. Which, which is fine, it just doesn't bode well for fantasy production for running backs.
0: Yeah. Uh, right now, in... Oh, you took... Lock it out, so that makes this question irrelevant too. Um, you had Baldwin and Lock it in, and I just, my question was, did you think both Seahawks were playable this week because this game against the Rams has all the makings of an absolute uh, beatdown?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I do think they're both playable options because beatdowns typically, um, I haven't looked at the spread or, or where the money is. But typically the Seahawks are gonna have to throw the ball a lot to come from behind and, and try and keep up, which is why initially I had both of them in there. Me having Lamar Miller, if Lamar Miller looks like he's gonna be active on Sunday night, I'm gonna I'm gonna play him. But if not, I'm fine Byron Lockett and, and Baldwin in there and, and hoping for the best with Russell Wilson, right? So I, I invested in what I thought was gonna be the, the second best quarterback overall. Um one or one and three right now. This is my my make or break game, so I kind of have to ride the horse that I came in on. And, and if Wilson falters this week, and then you know that that's kind of my season.
3: Yeah, you got to play both of them buddy. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to play both of them. Um, certainly looks like going in, the Rams are going to hammer them, but yeah, you can't take them out of your lineup right now.
0: Alright, um, who wins this one? Bull versus Phil? I'm
1: gonna I you gotta go ahead. I think the wolves get it done close. So Seahawks are plus seven at home. Seventy five percent of the money's on the Rams. Give me Russell Wilson, Lockett, and Baldwin all day long with that with those kind of numbers. Uh, I'm going to take me based on just what James White's been able to do throughout the first half of this broadcast.
0: Okay, I also will take Phil. All right, um, Shane, I have a question for you. What's up? Were you listening to some Drake today when you uh, dropped Philip Dorsett and added Kiki Kuti? I was not Do you know what I'm referencing?
3: I do know what you're referencing, yes
0: Okay Phil, do you? No Did you know there's a song?
1: In My Feelings by Drake I know that one
0: Uh, I'm trying to get to the point of this song All right, so Drake sang a song, and it's like, Kiki, do you love me? And there's a whole challenge about it, so um, I couldn't get the right part of that clip. So that's why I asked Shane, because he's adding, he's got Kiki Kuti in his lineup, going with the Deshaun to Kiki stack. Shane, how do you feel about that?
3: I mean, that was the goal. It came down to either Kiki. Well, I wanted Westbrook. I wanted Ryan Grant. I'm kind of glad I didn't get Ryan Grant. Um, so it came down to Kiki or Chester Rogers for me. Kind of wish I'd won with Rogers at this point. He's having a nice game. Um, but then I looked, and I was like, you know what? I'll go for the, the Sunday night stack, maybe get a little luck, get a high-scoring shootout in the Sunday night game. And uh, it's going to take something big for me to beat you. So I don't know. I, like, he had 11 catches last week. I'll take, I'll take some of that action if I can get it. How did I lose to this team? Philip Lindsay,
1: Ty Montgomery, Kiki, my God.
0: Ben Watson?
1: I'm I'm embarrassed.
0: I, uh, full disclosure, I I thought really hard about dropping Callaway for Kiki Kuti. I'm excited about this dude. Um, have him in a dynasty league with Fegley. Um, heard a lot of good things about him in the preseason. And for me, I just held on to Callaway because... You know, we talk about handcuffing running backs. For me, it's more handcuffing wide receivers. Callaway gets a ton of targets with Landry in the lineup. So, if Landry were to ever go down with an injury, having Callaway is important for my squad. So, that's why I didn't make the move. But, um, like QT a lot, I was really disappointed when I opened up our matchup to do the agenda and saw that you had him in there because I I like this guy. Yeah, I
3: mean, anyone that's going to come out and catch 11 balls in their first game, obviously – they want to make him part of the offense. Um, if Will is not going to be out there, I feel like uh, he could be in for another good week this week.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, are you going to stick with Deshaun, I guess, so of the way you're talking?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think his ceiling is a little higher this week. I think the Lions' pass defense is decent. I mean, obviously, you want to play Rodgers just about every time you can, but... Um, he, Seems to play pretty well against Detroit, <laughs> but I, I just feel like I'm going to need a lot of points to stay with you. So I feel like Watson. Wait, what, what? What did Darnold put up in a dome at, at Detroit?
1: What did he put up? I have no idea. Didn't he have like a monster game against those guys on Monday night? Is, is like, I don't. You got you got Rogers. You, you traded for him. You kept him. He's going against Detroit in a dome indoor conditions. If he's healthy, I don't, I don't know how you don't start him over to Sean. My two cents.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm riding the Watson at home in a primetime game. you has been my better player. Watson's yeah. better. Roger's right yeah,
0: now. I agree. I want Watson, too.
3: I think
1: so, so what does that tell you? Your opponent wants Watson.
0: No, I, I, I would rather I have Watson in a bunch of leagues. I would play him over Rogers, too.
3: I just think that Watson's ceiling is a little higher this week, and I'm going to need to do something special to stay with Kaz. His team's obviously better than mine. Um, so I'm going to need like a 35-point week to try to stay in this. All
2: right. Yeah,
1: I just don't see it being a shootout in Dallas. Dak Prescott's going to throw for 180 yards, one touchdown, um, and
0: they're going to put up 20 points. Well, Houston's not going to run the ball and beat Dallas, so there's there's that. Um, let's move over to my squad. Who do you guys like better this week, Gurley or Kamara? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you asshole!
1: <laughs> give me uh, give me some Ebron action over Mark Ingram and Aaron Jones, please.
3: Give me uh, I'll take Todd. I'll always take Todd.
1: Yeah,
2: I think
0: it's Todd this week. Uh, More on that when we get to our our wagers for this week. And, you know, Phil, you trashed my wide receiver group. Um, Did you know that Corey Davis has 40 targets this season, 32% of the share in Tennessee? Uh, Jarvis Landry, 45 targets, 31% of the share in Cleveland. Um, Target share, they're second and third in the NFL. Uh, behind Julio Jones, and not to mention uh, Kamara, I think, is 10th with 28% of the targets in New Orleans. So if you want to count Kamara so, as a running back, that's Let, fine, let me play just devil's advocate with that
1: before you before you make the next point. Peyton Barber has 75% of the running back touches in, in Tampa Bay. Does that make him a, a top-tier running back? I mean... Going into the season, I'd say, if you told me that before, yeah, absolutely. I love touches. But the reality of that situation is it's only going to get worse, and it hasn't been productive and scored fantasy points for having that big of a share.
0: Well, when you say 75%, 75% of what? Because that team's been chucking the ball all season. So, um, you know, the the volume numbers for Davis and Landry are really good. And in my opinion, efficiency is probably more important with running backs, whereas volume with wide receivers might be more important. So, um, you know, those guys... Which is fair, but do, do you think their
1: volume is going to increase or, or likely decrease based on, on those numbers? I expect it, it to decreases, stay the same. what do you think's going to happen to their fantasy points?
0: I, I expect it to stay the same, if not go up, because you just tell me who else on those two teams you're going to throw the ball to more than those
1: guys. Hey, if you're if you're a Baker guy, you're a Mariota guy, you know, go for it. You're 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 in such good shape right now with your two running backs that you could literally play anybody else in these positions and win. Hence the the Ebron over Ingram and, and Aaron Jones play that you made. You, you have that flexibility. You can do whatever you want. If you you can wait and see on these guys. That like you're going to do that and win with whoever you put in your lineup, your team is that good.
0: Just not as good as Fegley's. Um, but my I, question I is...
1: I think you're the best team in the league, and I don't think it's close.
0: Okay. Can Corey Davis continue his strong production uh, week to week? You're saying no. Shane, how do you feel about
3: it? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I think we all loved Corey Davis coming out of the draft when he got drafted. Um Took him a little while to, to materialize here, and we're we're kind of starting to see the, the player we all thought he was going to be, and the monster receiver, real big dude, and uh, I absolutely think he can. So and you, Eric Ebron touchdown as we were talking, and that'll seal the deal for this matchup.
0: That's why you play Eric Ebron. <laughs> um, you know I obviously would not have played Ebron unless Hilton was out. And Doyle's out. When those two guys are out, Ebron's the top target in this offense. And Luck loves to throw to tight ends in the red zone. So I'm happy to play Ebron all day. I almost played him for Gronk. But that I just feel like that's super disrespectful. But I <laughs> um, definitely thought that was in play tonight. Uh, I almost sat Gronk all together in this matchup. So, Alright, who wins this matchup? I mean, that was like instant karma right there as soon as I trashed that move. Well, it just, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't even have to, have to say
1: anything. It... I mean, the, the, guy, the guy that doesn't need any breaks gets every single break.
0: Possible. How is that a break? Ebron's been great this year. <laughs>
1: They're losing 24 to 3. Okay. Here, is there any sign of them showing life? Um.
0: You just, said, dogs. you just said you just said you want the team. Week. You just said you want the team getting blown out because they're gonna throw it all game long. And now when my team, when the guy I have the other side is getting blown out, it's all oh, how are they gonna show any signs? You don't even make any I'm sense. I it's more
1: of like a, it's gonna be a shootout, and the Rams are gonna put up a ton of points, and the Seahawks are playing from behind. I guarantee. twenty four three at halftime. I, that kind of tells me it's over.
0: Guarantee the Rams win by more than three touchdowns on Sunday. I'll take that action too. Give me a piece of that. Okay. So I got, I got the I got the Kamara versus Bell argument going once Bell comes back. No, see, we're not I even. I, I didn't agree <laughs> no. to that bet because you're talking out both sides of your mouth with that one because you're you're sitting here telling me all these bad things about Bell on the podcast and then you're saying rest of the season you would either have Bell over Kamara, like you don't you, you talk out both sides of your mouth with that comment. Yeah,
1: I can hate the guy, but also know that he's productive. Is that possible?
0: So he's going to be productive at fifty percent.
1: We'll see what actually happens. But he's also going to be auditioning for a roster spot and trying to get thirty million guaranteed elsewhere or forty-five million guaranteed elsewhere. So I don't, I don't know what the, the right action is, but something has to give, right?
0: I'm sure you know. As long as the day is as long, as long as the day is, you know, something will give at some point. You know.
1: What does that comment mean?
0: Like, you're yeah. saying something has to give. Like, yeah, of course, if we sit here long enough, something will give at some point. That's I don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, My so point is that there's a bunch of stuff working against one another where the Steelers want to play Bell and run him into the ground. Bell doesn't want that, but Bell also wants to know that teams, hey, I'm productive and I can still play at the level I was playing before despite me spending time in Miami with strippers and releasing a new or three or four rap albums
0: and putting on 20 pounds. All right. We're all taking the dogs this week, right? We have,
3: uh, yeah. Pretty evenly matched teams here. Um, <laughs> just looking at the matchup. I think I like the dogs matchups a little better. So that's song... <laughs> not. Yeah.
0: No reason not to. Um, <laughs>
3: just got, Better matchups this week.
1: That's it. Yeah. All right. But the, the Mar- question would be, how long does the win streak go for? Does it go for Twenty five?
0: Um, I'm gonna say at least gets to eighteen. Because I'm not losing to Butler, Micah, or Tyler in the crossovers. So. Yeah. I haven't looked after that yet, but I'm not. I'm not losing. The Have next you looked win. at like bye weeks and stuff too? I don't feel like I need to. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Like, this is like USA versus USSR right here.
2: <laughs> no, I, be-
0: I, you know, I, obviously the week that the Saints are on by, I'm not going to be strong at running back. Um, I'll have Gurley and probably Adrian Peterson or Aaron Jones. yeah, so that's I'm, a tough <laughs> game. But... Are all head and shoulders better than running backs? Uh, yeah, I, I still. You said I'm top heavy, but I actually love the depth on this team. So <laughs> this guy just said he's going to be weak at running back with Todd Gurley in there. Yeah, <laughs> weaker, weaker, weaker. So. I, I didn't say you were top heavy. The you stats did. said you, you were top heavy. You absolutely said your team's kind of top heavy. I like Fegley's team more. The numbers literally say you're top heavy. You have the one and two running back, and then your receivers are like twenty two and twenty four. What about the That's number five? What about don't the get, number five quarterback? Don't don't get mad at
1: me. Those are the numbers.
0: What about the number five quarterback? You want a medal for drafting Kirk Cousins,
1: and he's the number five quarterback? Like, like good job. I, like what do you want from me?
0: I don't know. I would Good have job. rather gotten cousins for a dollar than Wilson for thirteen, but that's fine.
1: Okay, you 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 beat me there. But does that make you like a, an expert manager? Maybe it does. I don't know. Kirk Cousins, number five quarterback overall through four weeks. Awesome. Great job.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. That time you give me some credit. Yeah. All right. The marquee matchup of this week is the Fleetwood franchise against the Clan. Clan sitting at four and zero. Uh, franchise with a tough break last week to send to one and three. This team has still scored better um, the last couple weeks, so this is a huge game for the franchise, and um, they're actually projected to win by ESPN. So uh, that's why I thought this was the marquee matchup. And Fegley's team continues to get no love in the uh, in the projections from ESPN. So right now, franchise projected to win by four and a half. And my question is, do you guys think Travis Kelsey is playable against Jacksonville this week?
1: I don't don't think I understand the question. Why would he not? Because Jacksonville is good on defense. Why would Kelsey? Is he hurt? I don't see an injury designation by his name.
2: Well,
0: uh, he already has a tight end. So it's not like most teams when he can throw hurts in tight end. It's not like most teams where you you know you play your tight end because that's the only guy you have, but um, there's not a whole lot of that. This, this
1: goes back to my point about riding the horse that you came in on, right? So you kept Ertz and Kelsey before the season with the intent of playing two tight ends. I don't think you, you messed with those ingredients. This is what you thought and you did your strategy to do before the year. Go with it. If it works out, great. If not, you're you're, you're one and four and you're you're, you're
3: selling. Yeah, I mean, my answer is going to be yes either way, but just looking at his bench, I don't see there anyone that you're going to start him over Kelsey. So, yeah,
0: you got you got to play him. That was the hard part of this question for me, is I didn't feel like he had anyone to replace Kelsey with on the bench, um, but I don't feel good about playing Kelsey in this game. So, that, that was more my point.
3: I, I, I think the reason you, you brought this up is because, I mean, you know how – Jacksonville is is has been pretty strong against Gronk, but I feel like Kelsey's a little bit of a different animal, um, a little set, a little different of a player than Gronk. I, I think uh, Kelsey's still going to get five, six catches at least in this game.
0: Well, the Patriots also don't have a player like Tyreek Hill that Ramsey's going to have to kind of hang out on, so that okay. that may help Kelsey. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they've been very good against Gronk in those two matchups, so. Uh, Chris Thompson over under 15 points at New Orleans Monday night seems like it would be a Thompson game Uh, we're expecting big things from the Saints
1: I I think it's just under I'd like him for a few receptions not getting into the end zone I think he finishes with 12 or 13 I'm a big Chris Thompson fan Uh, he was a potential keeper going into the season for a few teams out there But um, I I don't think he gets in the end zone, which, to get over 15, you need to. Yeah, you're
3: basically asking, do I think he's going to score a touchdown, I feel like, with this question.
0: Um, Or, you know, get a bunch of catches.
3: Yeah. um, I'm going to go just a shade under.
0: I think he's over 15. I like Thompson this week. Uh, Saints defense has been poor. And Hogan just dropped a pass uh, that led to a Brady interception, so Hogan will be cut um, by, the, by the in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, R.I.P. and peace. Here's a guy uh, moving over to Fegley's team that I can't get behind um, or haven't been able to get behind, and I'm slowly turning um, in favor of him. Do you guys feel like Tyler Boyd's for real for the Bengals?
1: I I can't comment on this team without asking the question of would a fifth quarterback (laughs) add to this roster at all? I mean, we've got Goff, Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton. I I know Boyd was the question. Boyd's awesome. I I, I love that guy, but why the hell are so many quarterbacks (laughs) rostered on this team?
0: Play the matchups, man can't argue with 4-0 oh. you are what your record says you are
1: you can still question some decisions right oh, i've, that been, is I've been
0: the most vocal about knocking him on the quarterback so that was just in jest but i don't see a reason why Mayfield needs to be on this team and i and i'm the biggest baker guy out there so
3: to answer your question uh, yeah i think Tyler Boyd <laughs> <good. laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> kind of, kind of, looks like he is, man. I mean, at least six catches in the past three games. I mean, looks like he's a, a focal point. AJ Green's still doing his thing, and Boyd's slid into that number two role that we uh, we thought he would jump into last year, and now he's here.
0: Shane, I want to thank you for keeping this podcast on track. Uh, always I can't back get home. over this. There's three position players on his bench. He's,
2: like, a few injuries away from not even being able to field a roster. But
0: his team's better than mine. You like his roster a little better, as you mentioned in the beginning. So,
1: I, I, I lied. That No, your team's better. I do like his team at the it's top. It's good, man, I, yeah. Not so much on the bench.
0: His team's good. Gordon, Gordon seems like he's getting into that girly uber back role where uh, he's just used so much in different ways that He's right up there, so Gordon's really turned it around from what we were saying I like, about him. I, I,
1: I like Ridley a lot. I like
0: Crowell. You mentioned Ridley. Um, can, Ridley Ridley's on his bench right now in this game you know, against Pittsburgh. How is that possible?
1: Yeah, I don't know how you're not tossing Marvin Jones out. Um, Especially because I think, feel like Marvin Jones can be the number three option in, in Detroit this week. I have to have Ridley to me as a must start unless you think it's going to be a Sanu or Jones week.
3: Yeah, I mean Feckley's team is pretty loaded. <laughs> um, I don't know how I, I'd have a hard time sitting Calvin Ridley as well, but I mean, who do you take out? I mean,
0: it's got to be Jones, Jones, but Jones. Jones is still one of the leaders in the NFL in red zone targets, so that's that's a tough one, too. Um, you know, if you're getting a guy that's getting that many looks in the red zone from a pass-first offense, it's hard to sit that guy. Who do you guys have winning the marquee matchup of the week? Stormers versus Fegley. time
1: give me the franchise baby
0: alright me and Phil agreeing on something that's interesting go get all your money on Fedley to win this week <laughs> alright now Phil do you have wagers No. sorry I, I lost you what you say do you, do you have uh, do you have some prop wagers for us this week
1: do not. I got to say, I agree with Shane that I, I was not entirely following it.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, I was kind enough to give you guys $500 out of my of fun money out of my own pocket in case you guys wanted to make some bets, but uh, that's fine if you're, if you're going to partake. Me and Ed had a tough tough week last week. Uh, we both lost $600 kernels, I think we were calling them, 600 kernels. All three of us, both of us went 0-3. So my, uh, this is what was kind of replacing bold predictions. Um, I'm going to go with three this week. Matt Ryan over 326 passing yards. I'm going to bet 58 kernels to win 50. Uh, Julio over 122 receiving yards. I'm going to bet 50 to win 56. And here's my big one of the week. Todd Gurley three plus rushing touchdowns. Bet fifty to win three hundred. Oh my God!
3: The oh. over, you're taking three touchdowns. Yes. Six to one odds on that. I'll take
0: that. Yeah, that's that's why I did it. So. Um. So what did you guys not understand? The concept of the website.
1: The website.
0: Okay. Alright. I'll have to help you guys out with that. Um, are there any players are there any players you guys like this week in terms of like bold predictions that you wanted to throw out there?
1: Russell Wilson scores more than twenty five fantasy points this week. That's bold. The Desert Dogs. Bag,
0: more than <laughs> you say by more than 100 points yes oh that's ridiculous <laughs> i'm
2: thinking like 160 to 60 oh stop
3: philip Lindsay, 25 fantasy point
0: all right seriously anything anything good for uh good for the order here at the end of week five There's only one Alvin tomorrow. Alright, this this wraps up week five, and uh, I will have some power rankings out probably tomorrow. Uh, The Desert Dogs will probably be at the top of that. Clan will probably be second. Um, You guys will probably probably be in the lower third of the league. (laughs) No offense. Um, Love you guys all the same. Happy to have both of you on. Uh, It's been a while since the three of us got on here together, so that's uh, always a treat. I'm sure I'll have uh, some feedback from the rest of the league based on some of um, me and Phil's dialogue here, so that should be uh, always entertaining. Can't wait for the playoff party already. Yeah, I mean, you
1: invited me on. I'm I'm sorry, I don't agree with you on everything, and, and you and I have different opinions.
0: No, I just can't it's wait till. Like
1: the, a, I'm, I'm Stephen A. and you're Skip Bills.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either of us win with that uh, assessment, but all right, yeah. Okay. Week five, end of that. We got three weeks till the trade deadline. After this week, um, we'll really see where everybody's at after the first round of the divisional play, heading into the crossovers. I'm gonna say that I like. Uh, which, which division are we again? We're the Favre. Favre. I, I, Favre. Think, I, like, I think I like the Elway this year um, in the crossover matchups. So that that uh, that should be interesting to see how that shakes out as well over the next three weeks after this one. So, um, otherwise, good luck this week to you guys. Thanks for joining me, and we all can't wait to watch Drew Brees on Monday night.